So here we are. We're finally live on everything. It took four tries. This is take four. So hello, Instagram. So the moral of today's story <laughs> is sometimes you got to try, try again, try again, and then you actually make it and it actually works. So I activated the stream through our encoder software. It didn't work. Not twice. Nope. Not three times. I was done. But four times. And on the fourth <laughs> time, it worked. And so what I noticed was Facebook introduced a new way to go live and a new screen to use. And every time they introduce a new thing or a new product or do something new, there's always bugs that screw it up. So then I went into the back end and I realized that I could still use the old way. So I did a little circumventing technique <laughs> and I did it the old way and it worked. Yay. So here we are. So that's the moral of the story. Sometimes you have to figure out a way around what's not working. And sometimes it requires thinking outside the box or thinking outside the box that happened before the new box came out because the new box is shiny, but it's broken. Right, Steph? <laughs> right. What do you think about the new box? I don't know. It didn't work, so it sucks. Yeah, that box is terrible. Yeah. Fuck that box. We don't like that box. Yeah. <laughs> Did you just kick the box? Yeah. Oh, Steph, show everybody your teeth thing. No! I'm not doing <laughs> Show that. everybody your teeth thing. No! I don't want to. She keeps doing this annoying tooth thing, but now she won't do it on live stream. It's, if you're listening to this, it's just, funny. It's just think kids, about. Faith and Sophie did it all the time. She takes her teeth and she sucks it up in like the roof of her mouth. There it is. Uh -uh, it's I super just... weird. <laughs> There's something wrong with her. <laughs> so we set up the, uh, the stands for the computer and everything a little like this high, or, or like my chin level. And you couldn't see Steph's face. This is what you can see. <laughs> she has to get a stepping stool to be on the live stream with me. So this is episode 28 of the Chan's Logic Podcast. Podcast. Wait, is it 28? Yeah. Or 27? I don't know. What did I write? I think you were at 27. This is 28, though. <laughs> well, so I'll change that on the screen. Screw that up, too. So episode 28 is all about writing and engaging with people on social media. And we had a couple of questions where people are asking, what's the difference in the way you write if you are like an English literature major or journalism major or something? Are you supposed to write perfect? Or why do people write all, all over the place? And why is the copy technique weird? And why are there a lot of periods and stuff and random words? And it's because the way we essentially want to write on social media is a con conversational tone. And so when we speak and when we talk, we're always in a conversational tone and we're never, nobody's certain talks in like old English or with perfect speaking grammar. Right, Steph? Some people do. Who? I don't know. Not me. Not you. Who talks with perfect speaking grammar? Is that even a thing? Speaking grammar? No. <laughs> <laughs> you don't even grammar, right? You're a grammar. <laughs> what? So, uh, so what we're getting at is not everybody, even in your everyday life and your normal conversations, regular real life people don't speak in a way that's like super robotic and super perfect because people just aren't like that. Example. Yeah. I just Prime speak example. all over the place. I say words, words come out, I black out and then I'm done talking, but usually the words mean things and they make sense. Words mean things. Words mean things. I've heard that for years. That's a pretty important thing to Words remember. Mean things. If you can't figure something out and someone doesn't understand something, you just have to tell them, hey, words mean things. And eventually they figure it out. Yep. So when you when you're writing on social media, go get rid of your like English 101 and your English literature and all your journalism studies and all that stuff and get into the mindset of the way people speak, talk, feel, act, 
and learn. If you can understand that, you're going to understand how to ultimately speak with them and have them make feel like you're actually speaking and having a good conversation with them. And now this doesn't mean that you put like poor grammar and have a horrifying writing style and run on sentences and stuff. You still need basic grammar, but it doesn't need to be like perfect with like really big words and stuff people can't understand and high level techniques because people don't like that. And you'll have two kinds of people, the people who appreciate this writing style and then if you have decent, okay grammar, the grammar police won't attack you on the social media as well. Because if there's one group of people that's more hateful than the YouTube crowd, it's grammar police. I feel like grammar police hasn't been as bad lately as it was in the past. Like everybody was like grammar police. I think they've really stopped with the invention of memes. Because if the grammar police come at you, you that's just put true. a meme that talks about the grammar and then police. They're like, and then they're offended. Or you write a really big run sentence. And they they just get so mad they leave. Yeah, your grammar still doesn't make sense sometimes, even though you use a tool to help your grammar. Yeah, so I can tell <laughs> you auto tool some important things to understand about yourself when you're when you're writing and when you're doing stuff. You can be a good writer or a good editor. Never both. True. I suck at writing, but I'll edit his crap all day long. Yeah, exactly. So I write it. And Steph, and then I put it through Grammarly, which is an incredible tool that everybody should use. And mm -hmm. then Steph edits it afterward because usually I know what I want to say, but I can't necessarily make it display the way it should on paper or on the blog, on the internets. On the internets. Mm -hmm. I got that from my mom. What? She's a grammar police. Oh, yeah. Like not on the internet, though, because she doesn't know how. <laughs> Her mom's out of control. <laughs> Steph taught her mom how to text with an iPad, and she gets like 500-word essays yeah. all the time. She, she gets on our Facebook, too. She might actually be watching right now she probably as is. we're making fun of her. One time I was doing a live, mom. and she jumped on screen, and she ran away. <laughs> yep. So just think when you're writing on, on social media. Let's talk about that for first. So you, you have to write in a way that's conversational. So we just did a video and it was like Stone Age Fuels off the hook gym tour. And then it was like a couple emojis and winky faces and stuff. It was ridiculous. And so that's what you want to do. We Our tour was definitely ridiculous. You guys should go check that out on the Stone Age Fuel YouTube. But the way it's written is conversational. Like it's off the hook. It's There's emojis in there. And if you've ever wanted to learn how to, a lot of businesses right now are trying to understand and learn how to speak to millennials. Mm -hmm. And the way you do that, I mean, you look at the way they text. They're texting conversationally. They have like shortened words. They have emojis they use all the time. And in business, you have to learn how to speak the language you need to speak to the crowd you want to speak to. So you want to analyze the way they text, the way they write, the way they talk. Just go on Twitter and find all the high school kids <laughs> and watch the way they write and talk and speak and interact with each other. And then you can mimic that when you're writing, if you're going to that crowd, or if you're going to an older person crowd, even like the 20 to 35 crowd writes like that nowadays. The only ones who aren't are going to be like, actually, even grandmas do it. Steph's mom uses emojis. Yeah, my mom does. I didn't even hear how to get to emojis. She figured it out. My uncle uses lots of, have you ever yeah. seen an email from him? No. Oh my gosh. You can almost have a conversation in just emojis. That's almost how my uncle's <laughs> comes through. That's exciting. So think about when you're writing, you want to speak in the way that people want to be spoken to. So if they comment and they say, oh, that was a hilarious video. And they put a bunch of cryy faces or the laughy faces. <laughs> then you can write back with, hey, thanks for watching and a bunch of clappy hands. Let us know if you, need, if you want to see anything else. Mm -hmm. And uh, so you want to respond and react based off what they say when you're in the comments. So whatever they say, you're going to kind of get a feel for the way they write and what they're doing. And you respond in the same way. Like, I'm really, I really like responding with like the, the GIF comments. So you respond and it's oh like the, the thing, someone posted a bunch of stuff the other day and I responded with a comment that had a guy just liking everything because I was looking for the machine gun likes and couldn't find it. 
<laughs> but uh, those are really fun and those are engaging and those are different. So think about that when you're writing on your, on your social media and responding to comments. How do I speak in a way to my market in the way that they want to be spoken to? And how do I react and respond to comments based off the way they're writing and speaking? Mm -hmm. Yeah. So now this is like responding. We, we got away from blogs. So we're going to go back to that. I, I, I don't want to go back to that. I'm oh, just kidding. Okay. Responding <laughs> to like people actually commenting on your social media posts, especially if you're on a business page um, and somebody comments, that's huge. So make sure you're engaging with them because a lot of times you'll notice on business pages, somebody will respond or, or comment and nobody responds. It's just like, there was this comment from 10 days ago and nothing, no like, no response, no anything. So, and not just liking it. Uh, I mean, I'm guilty of that because I'm not as social <laughs> as Chandler, but Chandler will get on and respond to every single thing. Even like on Instagram, the bots that'll, that'll post a comment. He'll even respond to them. Oh yeah. Ridiculous I make, sometimes. <laughs> I make it a point now when the bots comment, especially on Instagram, when they comment like, Hey, great video. Let's see more. I always respond and say, great, shoot me a DM. <laughs> and this last week, someone actually DM me, which was the first time. And so yeah. you never really know if they're a bot or not. And if they DM you, cool, you got a collaboration thing going on. But right. like Steph's saying, don't leave your, your comments and your social media as a ghost town. So when someone comments, you need to comment right back. You need to be engaged and going back and forth with every single person. Mm -hmm. And don't use like bots to comment because it's insincere. It's stupid. If anyone knows what Dream Elegance is on Instagram, it's oh the worst thing God, in the world. Oh, my God. It's horrible. But uh, bots will ruin everything, and bots will ruin the experience. And so you don't want that because you're going to set the bot to say something, and it's going to be really weird when someone right. when you get on some random page that it doesn't make sense on. Yeah. Or, or, or like when videos started becoming a bigger thing. Somebody would be like, hey, great photo. It's like, it's a video. Totally <laughs> yeah. know that was a bot. <laughs> Thanks so much for that. <laughs> and so that's that's the other idea when you're writing on social media and responding and commenting is you're human and humans want to interact with humans. And when they and bots are easily identifiable and people have a really big bullshit meter. So when they see that bot, they're like, oh, yeah, thanks so much, guy. That was a bot. Your, your brand is really cool. Yeah. Uh, so you want to avoid that. It's the same thing we talk about using bots to like like and follow and unfollow everybody. It's insincere. That's horrible. Be sincere in the way you write and the way you comment and the way you interact with people. And it needs to, if it's not you, it needs to be someone on your staff or a combination of you and all your staff who are always on there and engaging and going back and forth and talking. It's not that difficult nowadays. You can literally get on the Facebook pages app, respond to all Facebook, all Instagram, and all messenger comments all in one place. Yeah. So the only thing you'd need in addition to that would be the Twitter app if you're responding back and forth on Twitter or whatever. But <laughs> Steph doesn't like Twitter I, very much. I don't know how to Twitter. <laughs> Chan keeps telling me my account is telling him I'm inactive. And I'm like, yeah, that's probably true. Yeah. I'm what are you doing? Un, uh, unactive. She's inactive. a non-engaged Twitter. There, that's what it says. A non-engaged tweeter. Yeah, I don't tweet. <laughs> so that's how you engage. Engage while being human. Engage by responding and commenting and going back and forth with every single person who talks with you on your brand and your brand pages. If they ask several 70, like 75 questions, say, hey, great questions. Why don't you shoot us a DM and we'll go back and forth even more. And uh, then when you can move them into your direct message category, you can you can just continuously go back and forth with them. And Messenger is really big right now. So when you get people to comment and talk on Messenger, you're going to get everybody to open and read it. Mm -hmm. And if you can build a messenger list and a messenger subscriber base with something like, like many chat is really popular, but you can really build it with anything. If you have the capabilities, you can start building up essentially what is an email list on messenger. Messenger's going to kill email. Yeah, it already is. I, <laughs> I, we get better response from 
people we work with through messenger than email yeah everybody's it's on, horrible on i'm like hey i emailed you no response okay um i'll instagram message them or i mean i'll <laughs> facebook message them the answer immediately hey did you see True. that email what email i sent that to you a couple days ago yeah you missed that <laughs> And and even for me, when you, when I look at it, I always have at least thirty seven emails in there that I don't want to deal with or react to or respond to because it's just it's a lot of it's spam and it just mm -hmm. takes time to get through everything. But if I get a messenger button, I I know the person and I can see the person who's interacting with me and I can go right back and forth. So right. I definitely prefer interacting via messenger. So those are another big things: responding, reacting, and engaging isn't just in comments and making sure you're always all over the place with everybody, but it's also when you get messages. Uh, Facebook shows people how quickly you respond. And when people are messaging you, especially in today's day and age, they want to see a pretty immediate response. Yeah. Unless it's like two o'clock in the morning. But as soon as you see it, you need to get right on it and respond. And the other problem you'll notice is if you open it, you're going to forget about it. Yes. So don't, do I'm not open so that thing. I'm so bad about that. <laughs> Unless you're ready to respond. Yes. Yeah, Steph will open it in six months later. Did you ever respond to that? No. In <laughs> the channel, see it. Oops. And then I'll respond to it. Uh, so just think about that. So your engagement goes in a, a big strategy. It's messenger is a big piece or Instagram mm -hmm. direct. If you're on, if you're doing stuff on Instagram and then it's responding, engaging and reacting to comments and then writing in the initial way you're going to write on the actual post, which is going to lead into speaking about how we write more of a bloggy format on social media. And the bloggy format really is you don't want these like traditional good paragraphs that are super long and thick because when people are reading to keep their attention and keep them engaged they need short paragraphs and little breaks so it just ca captures their attention gives them a break captures gives them a break so mm -hmm. when i do that it's usually two sentences and we're going to go to a new paragraph yeah it is sometimes it's like one line i'm like this doesn't need to be a new paragraph yeah <laughs> so yeah it's true when you're on social media, that's how you want to write it out. So you write like two two sentences, new paragraph, two sentences, new paragraph. And on Facebook and Instagram, you can write and you can write a short little thing about it, or you can write a dissertation. I mean, people will pay attention to the dissertation if you write it. If it's really actually interesting. Sometimes there's dissertations. And I'm like, why? What was the point of that? You just wasted probably a half hour of your life trying to figure out what to write. That's true. Keep it relevant. Yeah. Keep it engaging. So if you do write a dissertation, it needs to be a really good story about what's happening. Like if I was going to write a dissertation about the Stone Agefield gym tour, it would probably be a pretty hilarious play-by-play <laughs> -play about what's going on. And so if you do do that, make sure that it's, it's relevant to what's happening and it's engaging and interesting. If you write a really boring book, no one's going to read it. That's true. So what happens now, so now that you have this, once you go off of like Facebook and all that and you start writing on your blog, it's the same format, like two sentences, paragraph break, next thing. After like one, two, or three of those, you need to include a picture because you've already lost their attention. Mm -hmm. Chances are nobody's going to read more than 25% of your blog if you don't have pictures that are engaging. Or the other thing I do is if you don't have a picture, you do like one, two, three, and then you do a big, bold sentence. So yeah. it's like a header. So that way it goes boom, boom, boom. Oh, new header. Boom, boom, boom. Oh, new header. So it's like, ooh, piece of candy. Ooh, piece of candy. <laughs> ooh, piece of candy. And then they keep wanting to come back and get that candy because you keep throwing it at them. <clears throat> I like pictures. I mean, if I could just read picture books all day and learn things, that'd be great. Steph doesn't like to read very I hate much. reading. So when you think about someone like Steph, you need a blog that's highly engaging. So she'll stay engaged with it. So it has yeah. to be little sentences and pictures. Little sentences. Yeah. Two par like A paragraph is two sentences. 
you do two or three of those and you do a picture, mm-hmm. two or three of those in a picture. Uh, the, usually with blogs, the, the minimum we'll write is about 500 words. That's about where you're going to lose everybody unless you write a really good story. If you write a 2,000 word article, chances are nobody's going to get through it. Mm-mm. Google's going to appreciate it a lot because it's right. got a lot of substance behind it. But it's going to take people two or three days to get through an article. Like I have probably mm. 27 Harvard Business Review articles that I'm, I need to read and I've gotten through like four of them. <laughs> and it takes me two weeks because I have to read spurts and then I'm doing other things. And so think about the way, how busy people are too when you're writing. Do they have time to read a 500 word essay? Do they have time to read a 2000 word essay? And if you want to know how long it's going to take someone to read these things, just write the essay out and you can go to like readometer.com is what I think it's called. And you put your blog in there, it'll tell you, okay, this will take you approximately three minutes to read. So a 500 word essay is like three minutes. A 2000 word essay is probably like nine or 10 minutes. And so those are good ways to check how long it's going to read and check uh, the readability of what you're doing, which goes into the readability scale. So you're going to get, there's a scale that you can find. I think it's was it called flesh Kincaid scale or something like that? But it's a scale oh, yeah. that tells you what reading level your your writing is on. And when you think about the way people are going to consume your content and the education level people have, not when they graduated, but what they can remember, because you only remember 10% of what you learned. And a lot of people don't pay attention in school anyway, because they <laughs> want to do other things. And so you're really going to get a lot of people's attention. You're going to keep their attention if you don't confuse them and make them feel inadequate with your really big vocabulary. And so what we do with this is we keep the reading level between like a sixth and eighth grade reading level at the most. So that way they're engaged. You're not confusing people. They don't have to go and Google all the words you're using. They don't understand. And it's not, you're not writing an encyclopedia article. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) I like like first, second grade reading level. Second I'm just grade? kidding. That's, that is like a picture book. <laughs> I told you. I'd rather look at pictures or watch a video instead of have to read words. That makes sense. And that, like, different people consume content in different ways. I made a video <laughs> on this. Some people yes. listen. I 100% listen. It's all I want to do. I'll listen to something, mm-hmm. and it immediately clicks, and I get ideas based off that. Uh, some people like to read. Those are the people who are readers. Some people like to watch videos. Yes. They like to, they have to see it visually to make it happen. And then there's even another crowd that likes to look at things like pictures. That's why infographics work so well with some people like because they can pictures. watch an infographic and they're <laughs> like, oh, well, I learned stuff. <laughs> and so think about that when you're writing and when you're uh, building your content and making everything work. And what it, And in summary, what it comes down to is making sure that on social media, you write in the way that your audience is actually interacting in the way your audience is actually going to talk and you understand the way they're going to be conversational. And you, when you see their comment, you react in a way that's similar to the way they commented. It does help a lot if you're witty, if you're not, it's a little bit more difficult to figure out how to write. But if you're, if you're not witty, find someone who is and have them help you, have them pay attention to you. And you don't have to be a professional copywriter to do this stuff. And we get this thing where we need a copywriter to write persuasive mm-hmm. stuff, but it doesn't have to be persuasive. It doesn't have to be this person who's trained to write to trick people. It just needs to be someone who's got a little bit of wit and who can write in a way that's going to get people excited and get people pulled in and get people pumped about what's going on or right. someone who engage, can engage with people and react to what, off of what people are going to do before they do it. Yeah. Right? Yep. I was going to say, I was going to say, if you need a, a good example of like being able to write with wit and like it be entertaining and sometimes it might not even make any like sense. It might not have any like relevance, but um, 
the out of the cave newsletter is ridiculous. Actual your newsletter too, Chance Logic newsletter. Both ridiculous. Chan writes all the copy on that, but it's hilarious and people like will actually read it because it's funny, not just because like, oh, there's newsletter and okay, I'm not gonna read this. Like it's boring. I mean I trash 90% of newsletters that I get. However, I will actually read <laughs> if it comes from him. So and Chubby's. Oh, Chubby's. They, they Theirs have, is funny. So they have, they're hilarious. So I, <laughs> I should probably be witty in my Chanzogic one. I think I'm a little bland right now. Oh. But if you're if well. you're on the out of the, you should subscribe to the out of the K media newsletter because I write that myself and it's completely ridiculous. ridiculous and out of control. Like the other day, I, tri I knew I was going to trick Steph, but I wrote a sentence and it started it was it started with but, but I put BU and then I went on to the next going. sentence. And then two sentences into it, I put in parentheses, "Oh shoot, I forgot the T back there." And Steph was like, "I was just correcting you." I was going to fix that. So if you go to Out of the Cave Media, I'll put it in the show notes too. You can subscribe to that newsletter. It's completely ridiculous. Uh, if you subscribe, you're not going to get sold anything. You're just going to get witty comments and stuff. And you can learn yeah. to write in a witty way and learn to write reactively based off of what your personality is and all that. Uh, the other one that Steph just mentioned is Chubby's. Chubby's is absolutely one of the oh, greatest newsletters ever. It's hilarious. The way they play with it and the way they use their brand is amazing. So check it out. Out of the Cave Media Newsletter or Chubby's. Both of those are hilarious. Subscribe to them. Pay attention. And just learn the way you write and the way you write with wit. Because copywriting is is like the old school way of tricking people. What mm -hmm. you need now is you need to learn how to write with wit and make people pumped and excited about interacting with you. Right, Steph? Pump, pump, <laughs> pump it up. Pump that spirit okay, pump no. it up. No? <laughs> no, don't trigger me with music. I know. Okay, everybody, uh, this has been a good episode. Remember, <laughs> engage with people in all your comments. Don't leave your comments to be a ghost town. Go back and forth with them in a way that is based off the way they initially interact. Try to be a little witty in your comments and the way you talk to people on social media. Keep the sentences short. Include pictures. Keep the reading level between like sixth and eighth grade and stuff like that. And you should be good. Just It's all about just interacting, engaging, and making people feel important and entertaining people. That's what they're on there for. Yep. Entertainment. Yep. All right. And kitty videos. Chan's Logic, episode 28. See ya. Bye.